Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at Wilmington and beaches vacation.com. The Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. Welcome, everyone, to the Die Hard Eagles podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean, stacking the muddy green with my fellow diehards, Rob, Justin. The Eagles are now 8-0, taking down the Houston Texans 29-17. Got the win, didn't get the cover. It was a little, little nerve-wracking at times. It was tied at half. Uh, Elliott missed a field goal. Uh, Hertz had his first fumble this season. But ultimately, you did feel like they were going to win. And and they did late. They pulled away. Uh, some things to be concerned, but we're also going to be breaking down Monday night football against the Washington Commanders. But Rob, what was your takeaway from that win against the Texans? <laughs> I don't know. Um, honestly, I was more focused on the Phillies and the Eagles that night. But um, <laughs> yeah, look, uh, the Texans are not a good team, so I just don't think there's any huge takeaways. I mean, we got the win. I think it was kind of what could have been a little bit of a trap game coming off the bye. Um, you know, the team bounced back. They did what they needed to do, and they got the win. So, I, look, I don't know that there's anything more to take away from it. I don't think it was the best game for our offensive line. I've seen a lot of things that Mylotta didn't have his best game, so hopefully he shakes that off and kind of comes back. But, you know, I, I'm not going to draw too much from it, plus or minus. Yeah, Justin, your boy uh Mylotta seemingly got his ass kicked. Any are you worried long term about Mylotta? Was that just a matchup issue with uh, Jerry Hughes? He also beat Lane Johnson. Are we are we are we worried a little bit about the offensive line? I don't think so. I mean, I think they've been pretty consistent and, and good throughout the season. You can't take that away. Mylotta's played well at uh, throughout the season, yeah, he he struggled. Um, and from everything I read, it seemed like he was harder on himself than anybody. They talked to Sirianni. Sirianni tried to take a little bit of the blame. He said, you know, they could have done other things and um, certain things to do with the play calling as well um, and what was taking place. So he, Sirianni tried to play it off like it wasn't 100% Mylotta's fault. I think it potentially was. I mean, let the guy get him around him quite a bit. It looked like, He looked like a turnstile, I think, the start of the second half for the first few, few plays there. But uh, I think he's, you know, he'll clean it up. Uh, this is his worst game so far, or the worst game that I can remember from him in his career so far. So I'm um, not overly concerned as far as the game. Yeah. I mean, it was close to start. We did what we had to do. Came back or not came back, but I mean, put points on the board. 
Um, and we're able to pull it out. Yeah, you like to see bigger wins, but it's a Thursday night game. Um, you know, they're away. Uh, you can't expect a ton. Uh, what you can expect, though, is the win, and we were able to do that. Got the win, got the dub. Yeah, for me, the biggest concern was the arm tackling with Damian Pierce. I mean, that, that really is our only noticeable weakness, I think, on this team right now. And I notice it more on the road than at home, but on the road, the tackling seems to fall apart a little bit. Again, it's, it's Thursday night, you know, you're a non-conference road game, you're a massive favorite, it's easy to look past them, but the the arm tackling on the road is, is certainly worrisome. But uh, we continue continue to just dominate the turnover differential. Even in that game where we did turn it over, they only have three turnovers this season. Jalen hurts has two uh, interceptions and one fumble. That's crazy. That actually matches the fewest in NFL history by a team through eight games. Uh, it, it's just something, something that's pretty uh, impressive. And you know, I, I will go to Rob here, the Jonathan Gannon expert, but there's a bunch of nuggets coming out about how good the defense was. Uh, the Eagles have held opponents to less than 250 passing yards and a 85 passer rating each of the first eight games. The first time the Eagles defense has done that since 1985. Rob, do you realize John Gannon is re- is he's captaining a historic defense for the Eagles? Amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I did hear an interesting nugget though. And I forget whose press conference it was. It might've been one of Gannon's uh, could have been Sirianni, but I think it was Gannon's saying that basically like Nick has all the defensive players go through a lot of the same catching drills um, as the offense goes through. Um, and I think he was insinuating that that, that could be part of it, that these guys are just getting a lot of practice, um, you know, making catches, which leads to interceptions and things like that. So, I mean, look, the the players are playing great. Um, You know, whether it's Gannon, whether it's the talent we have, I'm sure it's a combination of both, but um, you know, you got to give them credit. They're taking the ball away. I, I, you know, my concerns are still, sometimes they, they let people go down the field, but it's a bend don't break. and, And if you're getting turnovers at the end of the day, it works. Rob threw out a good uh, hypothetical in our Eagles group text, Justin. What would you rather do? Uh, gun to your head. Would you rather extend Jonathan Gannon for three more years right now or let him walk away? Um, I mean, this would be a tough decision. I think three years in this league is a long time for a defensive sure. coach, especially. Teams change. They scheme differently. I mean, look at Raheem Morris what from last year to this year um, and the defense over there with the Rams um, and what's taking place, as well as other defensive coaches in the league. I think for those reasons, I mean, I I would be content with walking away or, or not extending him for as many as three years, it seems like a lot for a defensive coach. Um, and, and I think you got to stay with the young guys or at least keep fresh ideas in there. And I don't know if keeping a guy like that long-term is, is the best solution to be completely honest. I love the takeaways, but I think you kind of have a perfect storm right now with, you know, the defensive scheming of Gannon, but also we have the right talent there. The fact that, you know, teams in the league are passing, um, a ton more than they used to. I mean, it's what I think on any given play, uh, if you pass, you have a 3% chance of turning the ball over. If you run, it's like just under 1% chance. So, I mean, teams are passing. And the fact that our offense, too, we typically have a lead. Um, they're going against this 
this great defense as uh, from what we've seen, but they also have to pass. And, and as Rob pointed out, you know, uh, I saw that, that press conference with uh, Jonathan Gannon and he did say, yeah, Sirianni has, you know, anybody who can be a playmaker on the defensive end at catching the ball. He has them do the same catching drills as, as um, the receivers, which is great. And I mean, it sounds like an obvious idea, but it doesn't seem, I don't know if other teams do it, but um, yeah. He, the other thing he pointed out too, is they don't try to give them easy catches as well. They, they try to make the, the catches for the defenders uh, more difficult because they don't always get perfect balls thrown to them. So um, I think it's just a perfect storm altogether. And I don't know if you can have that uh, recreate that next season, especially with the uh, potential talent that might be leaving. Yeah. I'm, I'm wow. going to say, I, I like, I like the idea of extending Gannon for three more years. One, because I think if you have that kind of consistency, I, I get what you're saying that it's it's tough to maintain that for a long period of time. I would actually I would actually do it. One, we've seen a nice jump from year one, from year two here for Jonathan Gannon. The fact that uh, he is such a hot commodity for a head coaching job, if we could actually lock him in, I think I would take it. It's it's tough to find good coordinators, and usually when bad team or you know good teams fall apart. Or, or struggle to come back the um, you know, like losing assistance is, is really an issue with good teams. And so if we could lock one in, I, I think I would do it. Rob, are you, I'm assuming you're not extending Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> no, look, here's my fear, uh, right? So last year, I don't think any of us were high on Gannon and, and we were somewhat amazed he was getting head coaching. Uh, <laughs> that was surprising. And we saw last year our defense gave up historic numbers against good quarterbacks, right? We were letting them march down the, the field. We were giving up 80%. And, you know, this year we have better talent. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. You know, you can only you can be the best coordinator in the world if you have awful talent. Your defense isn't going to be good. But I, I don't know what team have we played that really has a great offense or a great quarterback. I mean, maybe the closest, which admittedly was a good game for the defense, was the Vikings. And I don't want to say I don't mean that that Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. I think he's above average, but um, you know they did shut down Justin Jefferson. I can't remember. Did Dalvin Cook play that game or was he out? Um, maybe he did. Play. I thought he played. Yeah, yeah, he might have, and didn't do anything crazy. So. My concern is what have we really seen from them? And again, you can only beat the talent that you play, but it's not like we've we've played a game where we, you know, our defense shut down Patrick Mahomes or our defense shut down Josh Allen or, um, you know, even a, even a good QB. I mean, even the Dallas game, you can't take a ton from because it was Cooper Rush. And, you know, they did put some points up in the second half to make it a little more interesting. So I still need to see that kind of signature uh, performance from the defense against a really good team. And and that's my fear until I see that I'm going to still be hesitant and, and I'm going to say no, because I just go back to last year where, uh, you know, I, it, they struggled at times and I think they failed to adapt. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm still, I'm still optimistic, but yeah, three years is kind of the interesting, like kind of the perfect timeline. Yeah. Um, and, and I actually like Gannon as a guy. I think he he's seems, you know, I enjoy his press conferences. He's, he's pretty articulate. And um, I, I just need to see a little more on the field against really good offenses. And that may be unfair to him because, you know, he's beaten everyone he played. And as you said, we, we have a historic turnover rate. 
maybe at the end of the year, I'll change my mind. And, and maybe, maybe he gets a head coaching job. Maybe Steichen gets one too. We, we could potentially be losing two coordinators this year. Yeah. See, I, I think hate- Steichen goes before Gannon actually. <clears throat> yeah. Steichen, especially cause it's like an offensive uh, minded league and, and just the, what you've seen so far from Hertz, the transition from like last year to now, how could you not? Um, and, and, you know, he calls all the plays. So how, how could he not be getting head coaching looks? I mean, you know, him going to the chargers, if they end up getting rid of their head coach is just a match made in heaven. Uh, Frank Reich got fired a couple of weeks ago. There's talk about him maybe coming in as a consultant. I guess I'm okay with the consultant, but I don't know. They're like, the mojo is so good. I'm slightly nervous about bringing in Frank Reich, who used to be, um, you know, used to be Sirianni's boss. That can create some weird dynamics. Justin, are you, would you, would you support Frank Reich? Would you hire him in or are you letting him go? Oh, I'm completely fine with bringing him in as a consultant. Um, I mean, if he's coaching in any way, shape or form, I would say no. Um, like you said, because I think that does create a little bit of a weird dynamic. Uh, but as far as, you know, getting information from somebody, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, teams seem to do it all the time. I mean, uh, we, we were taught, we have what Fangio talking to Gannon. Uh, that seems to have potentially helped. We don't know everything that they've shared, but the defense definitely looks better this season. Other teams seem to do it all the time, right? McAdoo was with <laughs> what the Cowboys last season. Uh, and I know Schwartz, what that's worth. After he left us, he, he was with the Titans consulting. So uh, it seems to happen. Who knows how much information they share? They can take it or leave it, though, game day. He's not yeah. necessarily in the building. Consultant yeah. is pretty vague, too. I mean, it sounded yeah. like Saturday was consulting for the Colts, but he would just, like, you know, call in on a Zoom and give him a couple ideas. Meanwhile, he's, you know, mostly just working as a TV analyst. Rob, what about you? You you on board for Frank Reich? I think Frank Reich in a limited role is fine. But yeah, yeah so I, I, I'm probably less high on this than you yeah. guys. And and I like Frank Reich. I think he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I just I am mostly worried about the dynamic. I think Sirianni has come such a long way as a head coach. He's become more confident. He's adjusted. He's you know, he's really just doing a hell of a job. And my fear about bringing Frank Reich in is he openly like gushes over Frank Reich and, and talks to him as his mentor and. I fear that Frank Reich is going to come in and Sirianni is kind of, even though he's still the head coach is almost going to become deferential to him because he looks up to him so much. And I don't want to see that happen. I want Sirianni to continue to find his own way and do do things his own way. I don't want to do things Frank Reich's yeah. way. Um, so that's my concern and why I would lean no. Um, but it is an interesting scenario, right? Like you could be potentially in a situation in the offseason where you lose both your coordinators and all of a sudden you could have a Fangio and a Frank Reich scenario going into next season. Um, you know, it wouldn't be terrible, but the, the, just the, the dynamic with Frank Reich definitely concerns me. Yeah. I got to keep an eye on that guy. Uh, moving it. Uh, Justin, I'm going to kick this off to you, food expert on the podcast. Jason Kelsey went off on boneless wings, saying there's no such thing as boneless wings. Essentially, they're just chicken tenders or, you know, a chicken fried meatball. I agree. I mean, what is the point of boneless wings? If you want a chicken tender, eat a chicken tender. Justin, please weigh in. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm 100% behind that take. I, I'll tell you what the take I'm not 100% behind is uh, the fact that he bashed McDonald's fries, which I don't appreciate as a uh, really? you know, fast food loving member of society. Um, I just think he went way too far with that comment. Um, I, there's been a lot of things over the years that I've loved about Kelsey, but one thing I can't stand for is uh, a guy knocking McDonald's fries. So Justin has his that limits. Yeah, I have my limits. Where's, where where is McDonald's fries in the power rankings of fast food fries? For me, yeah, uh, I think I think they got to be number one. They're number wow. one for me. I, I like Chick Fil A waffle cut, um, but it's a little bit of a different type of fry. Uh, but I think if you're going just standard fast food fries, you gotta you gotta keep McDonald's. You know top it's chalk i know but uh it is it, it's it is what it is i mean it's the staple of american culture because it is so great <laughs> staple of american culture justin sounds like he's running for office it's a staple <laughs> of american culture we got to bring back the mcdonald's fries i, I mean what happens is you get these hipsters who want to say that there are better fries out there because they don't want to they don't want to admit to themselves that you know this you know, McDonald's is a trendy pick, right? But it is a trendy pick because it is the best fry out there. I Sorry, agree. we're getting off topic here. I no, get a little no. passionate about my I, best I, I'm I'm on board. Rob, weigh in on the uh, boneless wings and fries debate. No, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, they're essentially chicken nuggets with sauce on them. There's nothing, yeah. uh, Who nothing much else to them. It's uh, you know, wings have bones. If if you want chicken nuggets with fries with sauce, that's fine. Get it, but they're not boneless <laughs> wings. I agree. Remember in high school we had ten cent wing night. I'm trying to think, uh, what's the, I I you know, I probably had a, like a decent dent wings eating, but I'm trying to think. Didn't wasn't there someone in our high school group who went for like a crazy record? Or Justin, feel free to chime in. Do you have a personal uh, wing record, or how many wings do you think you could put down? I thought I ate forty after school once. I don't know. That seems high though. Now that I think it's also about very it. dependent on the place because some yeah. wings yeah. are much. Some places have much bigger wings than other places. This was at Rookies, but also to talk about ten cent wings back in the day when I worked at Patrick Malloy's in Hermosa Beach. Shout out! Uh, we used to do ten cent wings and give away a cruise every uh, Monday night. Uh, but those are really really small wings. I mean, you yeah. could probably eat a hundred. It was. They they had little little bit of meat on them, but ten cents can be sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Put down a, a hundred wings. Taking a quick break to talk about win bet. Oh man, you want to ready to win some money? Boost your odds, New Jersey. No, that's uh, birds country. Let's go get down on the Philadelphia Eagles over at win bet. Make sure you get their uh, sweet little bonus bet a hundred dollars. Get a hundred dollar free bet. Uh, there are also tons of ways to put together your own same game parlays to win a ton on this Monday night action where the Eagles are hosting the commanders right now over on win bet uh, total sitting at 43 and a half Eagles, 11 point favorites. Got some, uh, Ooh, touchdown scores already available. AJ Brown, uh, first touchdown plus 575. Kenneth Gainwell, first touchdown 15 to 1. Miles Sanders, uh, 480 plus 480. So many uh, different ways you can get down. Of course, player touchdowns, uh, passing yards over under. There's so 
much action. All you got to do to get started today is just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash win bet. Offer subjects to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. See 21 or older present in the state where playthrough win bet is available. If you're assuming you know a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're back on the Die Hard Eagles podcast. Uh, all right. Last before we get to the commander's preview, what is uh, what does Jalen Hurts need to do to win MVP? It's it's kind of frustrating right now. The situation where the Eagles are in, they're like eight no, setting all these historic things. Like, oh, they haven't played anyone, and they they haven't done anything. They're not. It's just easy teams. It's, meanwhile, you yeah, that's kind of factored in when you're eight no. They also beat the Minnesota Vikings, who were seven and one, and that's their only loss. It seems like we won't get credit, and Hurts in particular won't get credit until he beats the chiefs and the bills at the same time in the super bowl. I I don't know what he needs to do to win MVP. I guess maybe get some of his passing touchdowns up, but those have been coming as of late and, and I've noticed um, and feel free to chime in on it, but it seems like he's, he's running less. It seems like less design runs and him running less, which I think is a good sign. I, I think he's on pace to win this MVP, especially with Josh Allen uh, dealing with that elbow issue. And we'll see what uh, the, the golden boy, uh, Patty Mahomes does. But I, I think, I think Hertz has a really good shot, especially if they keep winning. I think they're going to have to give it to him, but Rob, where are you at with the MVP race? Yeah, I mean, I think he's on target. I think if like you said, if he gets a few more passing touchdowns, which have picked up, um, you know, and, and you're right, he is running less. I think that the stats clearly show that it's not just a feel. Um, but look, he's getting a lot of national attention. I, I don't, it's not like he's being totally overlooked. Um, you know, there's always an uphill battle against Mahomes or you know, Allen. Um, and, and they're both good, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I do think Hertz has a shot. Um, you know, is there an anti Philly bias? There, there might be a bit, um, from elsewhere, but. You know, at some point, it's hard to ignore what they're doing. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is they, we just need to keep winning. I mean, obviously, if the team, you know, loses five games down the stretch or something, that's probably going to kill his chances. But, you know, if we finish with, you know, one or two losses or something, then, you know, he's going to have a great argument. Justin, where are you at with the MVP race? I mean, I think he's, you know, neck and neck, as you guys can see with the betting, right? Um, He's played well, absolutely. I think the the big two, though, I mean, this week is actually, if we're talking about MVP, I think is actually a big game for him. Um, I know it's the commanders, but it is under the lights, right? Um, So you got to be able to play well in those games, as I said earlier in the season. And then the Green Bay game coming up, too, I think is going to be a big one for him um, because that's a a night game as well. So uh, all eyes are going to be on him, and you need a good showing in those games in order to be considered. And uh, so far, he's played well. I mean, I think the undefeated actually helps him more than anything. Uh, But if he could take a game and, you know, really – show what he can do. Um, I think, I think he'll just uh, be able to pull away to a certain extent in these upcoming games. If he's able to, I'd say three touchdowns, 300 yards or more is going to definitely start to solidify some things for him. If he can do that in those games. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a mix between stats and, and I think to your point, yeah, being undefeated, like what, do, what more do they want? No one, no one just wants to admit they, they were wrong about Jalen hurts and, and that he's actually really good. And, they, and I think what's annoying is I feel like with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, 
they're getting credit for kind of past performance. And it's not really just this year. Uh, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> the chiefs lost to Patrick Mahomes lost to the Colts, uh, I, you know, Josh Allen just lost to the New York jets. Uh, right now, WinBet has uh, Allen plus one ten to win MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts is second at plus three twenty five, so you can get in on over that sportsgamblingpodcast dot com slash WinBet. All right, let's get to it. Talking Commanders. What are the keys to winning this game on defense, Rob? I win the turnover battle again. I, I think. Look, any game that. We win the turnover battle where, you know, with our offense and the way they're playing, we're going to win. And, um, you know, I think with Heineke, it's just get some pressure on him. Hopefully he makes a dumb mistake or two. And, 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 and I think it's really that simple. Um, I, I don't think it's a game where you have to get too exotic or, you know, overthink it. I think you get pressure on him, keep him contained and hope he makes a bad throw or two. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I think obviously, yeah, turnovers are always good. I think I think Antonio Gibson could be could be the problem again. Like those those backs, he's kind of got a similar build to Damian Pierce. Just tackle Antonio Gibson well. It, they seem to not struggle with it as much at home, so I'm not super worried. But I do think there's one guy, Antonio Gibson, and then um, yeah, honestly, that's about it. Um, Maybe Jahan Dotson gets loose, although he's been dealing with a bunch of uh, injuries. He is set to return for Monday Night Football. We'll see how healthy he is, but he's a speedster, and I could see him uh, getting past Bradbury. Um, you know, give up a big play against the Texans. So, Justin, what about you? Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you again this week, Sean. I think it's the the run game. Um, simply because, you know, we pointed out last week and then, uh, Damian Pierce put together at least a good first half to start. Um, and then even at the end of the game, uh, they pushed it up the field a little bit. Um, but I think the same thing with Robinson, you know, you got to be able to shut down that run game for Heineken to start the throw Heineke, sorry, Heineke, um, to start the throw. I will say though, um, Heineke, I, you watch him and he has some games and some plays where you go, man, this guy has a little bit of something there. He is fun to watch. Um, he gets away from, you know, he could get it, get out and scramble too. So uh, he is somebody you got to keep an eye on, but I think run game first. Yeah. He kind of reminds me of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, AKA Fitz magic, where, you know, like this guy's not going to be good long-term, but he gives you some short little spurts where you're like, all mm. right, and and Heineke to his credit is kind of a scrappy guy. He's he's like the complete opposite of Carson Wentz. No God-given athletic <laughs> talent, but uh, a real hunger and a real winning spirit and controls the locker room. Like clearly the guy well, played for him. Yeah, and last what was it last week? I mean, you saw with Dotson and uh McLaren, like they're they're getting behind him, they're getting excited because he's getting them yeah. more involved. So uh I, I don't think this is a game to take lightly, to be honest with you. It is a Monday night matchup. It is a division game. Rob, let's uh, move over to the offensive side of the ball. For me, the offensive side, Devonta Smith. I keep worrying about him maybe being the lost guy in this rotation. I mean, it's hard not to give. I, you know, it, it's really a, a good problem to have, but I would like to see Devonta Smith get involved more. And he had a massive game against the commanders last time. I don't see why we shouldn't go back to him this game. So get. Devonta Smith involved. Rob, what's your key on offense? 
Yeah. So Sean, you, you just stole exactly what I was going to say. I, I think the key is to get Devonte Smith involved early. Um, you know, I know AJ Brown is unstoppable, but I think we need to keep some balance and, and honestly just keep Smith happy too. We need to keep him engaged. We're going to need him down the stretch. And I'm not saying he's not engaged or he's not a team player or that he's unhappy, but you know, at some point he's going to want his touches. And I, I think this is a good game to do so. So that, that would be my goal going in. Yep. Justin, what's your key to the offense that doesn't include Devonta Smith? <laughs> I would say just running the ball, keeping Miles happy, um, getting him the yards and touches, um, and, and just working that field. And then if if we could get the run game going, like in most games, um, then everything else kind of comes together. Uh, but we've been able to do it, it seems like, whether it be pass and run. So there you go. <laughs> No, I know it's, it, it, you know, we're just, we're just the machine that keeps on pushing. Um, you do worry Monday night division game. Maybe we get the best, the best of this uh, commander's team. It doesn't look like chase Young's going to go for them. Uh, he's not quite ready to be back yet, but Justin, I'll let you uh, kick things off. What is your final score and who, uh, who is your Eagles player of the game? Um, I'm going to say, I think this is going to be a a close one, honestly. Um, I I just think, you know, even with all the rest, I I think the schedule's just been wonky for them the past four weeks. Um, the fact that, you know, it's a division rival we're playing for the second, uh, the second time this season, I I think it's going to be a close one and we're going to eke it out. Um, I could even see Hurts having to win this one in in a late drive. I'm going to say 28, 24. Um, and I think your player is going to be Sanders. Oh, wow. Okay. Four point win. I'm sure we'll hear, oh, they only beat the commanders by four points at home. And we're supposed to believe this is a good team. (laughs) I'm going to say, just so we don't have to hear that. I'm going to say 35, 23. So they cover the 11 points over on win bet, the over hits, uh, and, and we get a nice game from Devonta Smith, but I'm going to say my player of the game, Hassan Reddick. It is so fun when he gets involved on the defensive side. Or actually, you know what? Scrap it. I'm going to go and CJ, CJ. Uh, that guy just keeps getting interceptions, keeps getting turnovers. And I think Taylor Heineke could try and force a pass to Logan Thomas and CJ, GJ gets in there, gets a pick. So I'm going CJ, GJ, 35, 23, Rob final score. And uh, who you got? Yeah, not close. Um, team's going to come to play prime time. Hertz will play well. 34-17. Um, I am going to say the player of the game is A.J. Brown. I, I just think he's not, you know, he's unstoppable. Even though I do think they'll try to get Smith involved, I think he's going to get his touch and he'll have at least one TD. God, he is so good. It is so awesome. Hey, guys, give us a follow on Twitter at DieHardEagles52. Going to be doing some live tweeting for Monday Night Football. Head over to uh, store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com and make sure you use the special promo code 10% off between now and Thanksgiving when you use the promo code Dallas Sucks. So check that out for all your uh, Diehard Eagles gear. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com, promo code Dallas Sucks. For the Die Hard Eagles podcast, I'm Sean Stack in the Money Green. For Rob, for Justin, go birds. Go birds. Go birds.